name is Seth Whitted. I'm the owner of Whitted Media. I'm from Beaver Falls, PA. I'm an artist, a father, man of God, content creator, family man. That's me. And you're listening to the Genesis Collective Podcast. Go straight to the source. If you want to what the truth is, it's so hard to gain The Genesis Collective, supporting local artists and their work, making art more accessible, and putting art back into our communities. I'm Kevin Farkas, one of the hosts of the podcast. On this episode, we feature a conversation we recorded as part of the Genesis Collective's innovative Black Creatives interview series, an opportunity for creative Beaver Countyans to introduce themselves, talk about their art and the creative process, and to reflect upon what it's like being Black in Beaver County. Seth Whitted of Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, is our featured artist. You can find out more about Seth in the show notes to this episode, including a link to his website, wittedmedia.com. And stick around. Pamela Rossi Keene joins us to share the latest news about the Genesis Collective. And then, for our public art highlight, we go to New Brighton's Big Rock Park and take a look at a new mural welcoming visitors. Now let's get back to our conversation with Seth, who talks about his identity as an artist. I I just consider myself a content creator. I've always found a way to create content. I use audio, uh, video, anything that I can. I I feel like um, God either gives me a message, a mission, or maybe even a problem to solve. And I'll use audio and visual to creatively and consistently come up with that. Currently, I'm into podcasting and vlogging and documentaries. So that's what I'm focused on now. But whatever the mission is, that's how I define myself as an artist. I'm less of a rapper, a singer, and more of just a content creator. Art for me has just always been that outlet, that place that I could just be myself, be vulnerable. It's it's something that it's always been a tool for me to learn because for some reason when I'm creating, I just happen to learn whether that's through researching or whether that's through just sitting still and trying to be different. And also art has always been like an accountability partner. Say if I'm given a mission, I have to become that solution to that problem in order to create the art. So the art doesn't get created unless I become the solution. If that makes any sense, you know what I'm saying? So art has always held me accountable and has always made me strive to be a better person because if I don't grow, the art stops. I know when I'm in the right mode of creating, because you know, you could, you could sit there and you could just start drawing and doodling and writing, but I get a feeling when something's right. You know what I mean? Like when I create music or a vlog, every second has to hit home. If I'm trying to you know, help some kids with something through my music, I have to feel that message. If I don't feel it, it's not right. And that's the best way that I could explain it. As an artist, sometimes we're given the ability to look at things differently. And with that, it's a gift and a curse because I feel like insight comes with that because you look at things differently. You're actually looking for truth. You're actually looking to solve problems and You're paying attention to everything. So with that comes responsibility because you most likely can see a solution to a lot of problems. And it's 
up to you to figure out how to get that through to people. Because a lot of times, you know, people don't understand us as artists. And I think, in my opinion, it's our job to find those people who do understand us or become creative enough to get people to understand. Art and truth is connected because art is a tool that helps us figure out the truth. Art isn't truth. My art is not truth. And I, I guess it would be better for me to explain what I consider truth. I consider truth reality or what's actually happening or what actually happened, like what is the whole. It's almost like a, like a puzzle. You know what I mean? Whether that puzzle has five pieces or a thousand pieces, truth is gathering all those different pieces of the puzzle as much as you can to put this puzzle together. And I think that art in itself just helps with those pieces of the puzzle. I don't think anybody could ever say that they have the truth. All you can say is that, you know, you've gathered enough information, you've, you've observed enough to give your opinion and what you've seen from your experience, and that's just a piece of the puzzle to figuring out what the truth is. I always say, what problem is am I trying to solve? That's normally how I approach things, is how can I solve the problem that's right in front of my face. And at that moment, the first step is really dissecting what is that problem? What caused that problem? What, like, I'll spend all the time there until I get as close to getting that puzzle together as much as possible. And then I start to explore what the possible solutions are, whether that's through, you know, prayer and, you know, waiting on God to give me an answer, just uh, seeking experts, just sitting still and just, you know, listening within. And once I can come up with uh, solutions, or maybe even the art is just to inspire people to find solutions. Once I get that mission to figure out that problem, then I start to think of, okay, what's the most creative way to express this? And then I may think of a metaphor, like how when we were talking about truth, it just came to me to break it down as a puzzle. That was the best way to explain that. So I come up with the problem, what's the solution, and then how can I paint the picture of that solution so people can uh, visualize it and understand. I think what, uh, what moves me and, and inspire me is a combination of things. The first thing that comes to my mind is um, fear, in a sense. I always think about the next generation. I'm a, I'm a big family man. I'm a big community guy. And I believe that, you know, the youngins that are looking up to me, I feel like they learn best by what I actually do them versus what I tell them. So I could tell, you know, a young buck to, you know, be an entrepreneur and follow your heart and follow your dreams. But if I don't do that, they most likely won't follow that, uh, that route. So one thing that drives me is, yo, the more I succeed, the more they're going to break cycles and succeed. You know what I mean? Because I come from nothing. They all come from nothing. I've made dumb decisions and I want them to break that cycle. So the more I succeed, the more they'll be like, okay, all right, here, now they're exposed to another level. Another aspect is, you know, there's just problems going on in my community and in the world. And I feel if we don't solve it in this uh, generation, it'll be worse for them. So we have to put in work and become greater people in order to make sure they have a brighter future. And those are the things that drive me. So I don't know if I, I, I say it's fear, but I really don't know how to explain it. You know what I mean? That, that's the best way I can explain what drives me. I do see it from an optimistic standpoint. It's not that I'm saying, oh man, they're in trouble. 
if we don't do this, it's just I know we could take things 10 times further if I make it happen. Because I know major majority of uh, dudes I grew up with whose dads went to jail, majority of them went to jail. Some of them use it as inspiration. But those uh, who had parents who were successful, majority of them be went on to become a little bit more successful than them. So it let me know that it didn't matter what any of the parents said. All that matters is who the parents and the, uh, you know, the influential figures in the community were. That's who everybody became, is whoever influenced them the most. I come from a long line of um, people who just help and serve and just, uh, you know, give to others. That's what makes me uh, care so much about the people around me and community and just serving, period. I watched my mother, my grandmother, and, I'm, and it's just going to their funerals. My mother had just recently passed. And going to their funerals and just hearing people talk about the impact that they had quietly, just quiet impact, you know, that, that selfless giving. And also the more I study successful people, I realized that the, the, uh, the core behind their success was how much they gave. They served with their gifts. They just gave, 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 and all the success came. They didn't chase money. They didn't chase fame. They chased just wanting to give and serving the purpose. So it just gives me more motivation. I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? I, I don't have to be broke just to give back. Like I can serve and actually build something huge. You know, it, it runs full circle. You know, from this Pittsburgh, Beaver County area, as far as art, I see a lot and I love it. I keep my ear to the street and I continuously communicate with people. And I think the artists, it's, it's a lot of untapped potential. There's just so many artists. I, I just think that there's missing components that this area doesn't have. We don't have that many people that are on the side of, uh, you know, the business side of things. Most of the artists that I know are wearing million hats. They're the finance person, they're the marketing person. They're doing all of these things that slow business down. You know, there's not too many people stepping up, taking those roles and partnering so that people can become more exposed, um, so that they could create more opportunity. But the artists are here. I love them all. They, people say that this area hates on each other, but I disagree. I just think the right tools and combinations aren't there. If you watch any sports team, it takes MJ, Scotty, you know what I mean, Rodman. It takes a number of people. MJ couldn't do it alone. And so a lot of artists, they don't real. They, they start to think that people aren't supporting them, but that's not the case. You don't have the right team, and you're not figuring out how to get your product to your your core base. And and the more that I help people see that, the less they worry about who's not supporting them, and they start to build the team. So that's that's how I see the artist, man. It's just some missing components, and once it's put together, I, I think a lot more people will succeed, and you know, I, mean, I think it'll snowball, just like it's done in other areas. I think my whole life has always been a, a series of battling circumstances, whether it was poverty, whether it was a high crime area, mental health issues, everything that I've battled, it's always been about battling it. So my art and just connecting with people, that's what it's always been in a fun way, though, you know, because it's, it's the music's it's always been exciting, but there would always be that hint of, yo, let's grow, let's grow, you know, so that's always been the conversation, how to grow. What I like about music is I, I like the way it, it, it makes you feel. And feeling is important because you'll listen to one song that might make you feel like a millionaire and you're not a millionaire. Or you'll have another song that, you know, makes you feel like you're happy, you know, no matter what's going on in your life. And that's important because when it comes to faith, manifesting anything, 
being able to feel things when they're not there is one of the pieces of the puzzles to faith. And music does that. It takes you to a totally different place no matter where you are. You could be in an abusive situation, uh, addicted parents, but that music will take you to that place that you need to be in order to start, you know, manifesting things, to inspire yourself, to want to get out of that area. It helps you get out of that environment because environment's important. You're only going to go as far as your environment lets you. So music is a way for you to change that environment. So our books, so are other forms of art, but specifically music, it, it'll take you out to your environment, and, and that's important. Movies, of course, documentaries, books, those things help me, uh, you know, become exposed to other things. And I love to see other creative people put things together, because not only do I learn things, I'm entertained, but at the same time, iron sharpen iron. It makes me want to uh, do better, because I always, when I, when I do my art, there's a part there where I will compete. So if I see, okay, even though this person might be all the way across the world and don't know me and got a million fans and I only got 10,000, I don't care. I'm still competing and saying, okay, you took it to that level. I'm going to go 10 times further. You know what I mean? So I, I love those aspects, the iron sharpen iron, the entertainment, being able to learn and just, just, just enjoying all of them, all of those different mediums. One of the most powerful things that I think art does for me because I get to record myself, watch it back record something, listen to it back, write something, read it. For me, what it always does is it'll always show me something about myself that I might not have been able to see if I wasn't creating that art. And I think that's powerful because we all know someone that we look at and we say, man, if that person just did this and stopped doing this and did this, man, they'd be at a total, you'd be at a greater level. There's somebody who could see things you can't see. And when I do art, I'm sometimes able to see those things. And that's important because when you have someone who can show you that, you now can grow. You know what I mean? It's, it's something I tell my wife all the time. I like, don't let me wake up five years ago and I, I recognize this habit about myself that you could have told me today. You know what I mean? I want to work on it now so we can grow. And art, that's one of the greatest lessons it's taught me is anytime you feel pride when someone says something or anytime you feel like a little embarrassed, there's something in there that can help you grow to the next level. And that's what art has taught me to do in the art and outside the art. And it just, it, it helps you grow a lot faster when you remove your pride and just listen to people that you trust, people you trust and love that have your best interests at heart. You know what I mean? There's so much growth in that feeling of pride and embarrassment. A harsh, but much needed mirror. Much needed mirror, man, much needed. You know, there's plenty of times where I was, I remember my mom was always a mirror like that to me because there'd be times where I just feeling myself like, man, mom, look, man, I'm, I'm going to college. I got the music, boom, boom. She's like, but you know, how much money have you been saving? Always picking me up, like, man, come on, man, let me live. But she's trying to make sure that I remain humble and always know that you don't know everything and always know that there's always more to learn. So art holds that mirror up and exposes you in a positive way. There's an opportunity to bring that uh, steel mill era boom back through these artists. When the steel mill was, was here and, and older people know more than I do, money was generating, you know, like people weren't just making the money and then leaving and spending it out. It was in here, it was growing. Businesses could grow, small businesses could grow. And that could happen with the artists because artists are products, artists are businesses. That one person could be a business. So that same type of boom could happen here because anytime you got an impoverished area, there's a lot of heart there, there's a lot of art there. And 
if people who weren't the artists could see the business side and help bring that together, th th that's where the boom is for this area. That's what I love about Beer Falls. I love the people. Man. I, lo I, I, love the, I love the heart, man. I hate the circumstances that majority of us, you know, go through, but there's just, there's this heart there, man. There's, there's, there's people with a lot of talent and a lot of drive. I, I love underdog, man. I always have, man. Any sport, any movie I watch, I'm always for the underdog. Like, I, my favorite team could be in the Super Bowl, but I got this thing right here in my heart for the underdog. I, I love the underdog mentality. I love how hard people are willing to work. It's hard for me to be around people who don't care about the things that they're into because I'm just driven. If I'm around you, it's like my sister, my, growing up with my sister, brother, and them, they used to be like, oh my gosh, get him out of here because I'm always intense and I'm ready to go and grow. So I love underdogs because it's 24-7 with underdogs. So that's what I love about Beer Falls, that underdog spirit, man. I was in sixth grade and I remember watching my big brother and his friends rap. And to me, they were trash. They were complete trash. I was like, oh my gosh, they suck. What, why aren't they good at this? Like, this is easy. And they had like a, a track, this is back when they would put out singles on a tape. And they would have the single, the instrumental, and the acapella. And so I remember taking that and thinking, oh, if I take my mom's boombox and one of her gospel tapes and put tape on it, I might be able to record myself. Started playing around with it and I almost created my own studio. And I really mastered it down to the point where I had the volumes right, 32 volume, this distance away, boom. I knew how to get good quality ad libs with tapes. I just, I remember feeling that because it's the same process now. Like, okay, this is what, this is the outcome. Always knew to focus on the outcome for some reason. Like, what do you want it to get to? And I knew how to get there and get the product out. The biggest thing I remember in that moment was once the art was created, how scary it felt that, yo, I need to let people listen to this. Should I let people listen to this? No, no there's no way. No, what if they don't like, you know what I mean? The insecurities and realizing, wow, I'm about to let other people into me. And I remember the first time I said, you know what? Forget it. And I just let somebody hear it. I was nervous the first time and they loved it. And I realized at that moment, like, yo, when you feel that, I don't know if you call it anxiety, that anxiety, that insecurity, most likely on the other side of that is something great. So now when I feel insecurity for a business deal or something and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go travel and I feel that, I'm like, okay, this is God telling me something great's on the other side of it. And I learned that then when I was back in sixth grade and I've, always, I've carried that on. It's, I call it that good, successful anxiety. To me, being black in Beaver County is, you know, same as being black in America. You know, there's no, you know, there's, there's no different difference county to county. Um, I, I think uh, in Beaver Falls, you know, there's, there's, you could feel the love. You could feel people, you know, trying and making sure that, you know, that they're not biased and or having any preconceived notions towards you. But at the same time, you could, you also feel. Um, the effects of those preconceived notions and biases that people might not be able to control. Because um, there's not too many times that I feel um, any s specific racial situations. Um, I, I, it's, there hasn't been any, s since I was younger, like these days there hasn't been any moments where, you know, someone outright just didn't like black people. But I do feel um, the preconceived notions, you know what I mean? I, in Beaver County, here I, I'm. I'm married. My wife is. My wife is white. 
Um, so, you know, we bank at the same places and I do feel the difference. You know, we'll go to uh, a bank and she'll make a withdrawal and they won't ask her for no ID. But for me, they'll ask me for two forms of ID. And it's not that they're racist. I could just tell that there's preconceived notions and there's just something about, you know, this individual that, you know, I want to follow protocol today. You know, because they're not wrong, they're following protocol, but they're choosing when to. So as a black person in Beaver County, you can feel that. You know what I'm saying? You, you, I mean, you could feel that when you go to get a loan. You know what I mean? You, 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 you go harder to prove yourself in order to make sure that, you know, you get things done. It's just something that we naturally do. Like a lot of people don't know that, you know, black people, we have what we call white voice. A lot of people don't even know that. You know, when we go into interviews at a job, you know, I mean, we have a natural white voice. When I call my sister from a different phone number, she's like, hello, with it therapy. Like, you know, it's just something that uh, is natural. It's just it's just something that you just grow up uh, dealing with, sort of. And I wouldn't even say dealing with because you don't you just compartmentalize and you say, yo, I'm just going to focus on my life. I'm going to grow, and, you know, you, and you try to not let it affect you. So, you know, I mean, that's 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 what it's like growing up here, man. We just we just going to work hard. And we just compete. We've just been taught to compete and we're just going to compete. But we do recognize the undertones, the prejudices. But a lot of us don't let it stop us. We just keep it pushing just as everybody should. And I mean, no matter what race you are, it's going to be. People who just feel certain ways about you just can't let it stop you, you know. Just got to keep keep grinding, man. But I love Beaver County. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep pushing and trying to do my best to inspire while being inspired by Beaver County. So The only places in Beaver County that I feel I could be my authentic self is with family, friends, you know, acquaintances. And whenever I'm with a group of individuals creating art, you know. But other than that... But being black in Beaver County, I'm always conscious and others are always conscious of not wanting to make white people uncomfortable, especially like in settings of work or uh, public settings. Like, I don't even know if all black people know. Sometimes we go out of our way to make people, white, white people feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, I accidentally did it today when I was in, uh, what store was I at? And I just made sure that they knew that, you know, yeah, everything's good. And I'm like, yo, stop doing that. Like, it's something you you have to learn to program out of you. We don't even know that we do it. Like, we try to make people feel comfortable so they don't either call the cops or think that we're still in and boom, boom. We want to let them know that, yo, we're good people. You know what I mean? We shouldn't do it. I feel like we shouldn't do it, but it's just something that is just uh, natural because you don't feel like dealing with the police. You don't feel like dealing with arguing. And it's just, it's, it's, it's honestly natural. But being with family, friends, and creative spaces are the only place where I feel I can authentically be myself. There's nothing that uh, anyone can do to change those preconceived notions or those biases except that specific person. You know what I mean? All that black people can do is to know what their mission and their purpose is and stay focused. You know, uh, work. We need to work more to own in our neighborhood, work more to be a part of uh, politics, you know, groups that are trying to change things in the black community, making sure that we are those groups or a part of those groups. Because um, I think a lot of people have good intentions when they want to help black people or help anybody. But the area that people go wrong in and trying to help a group of people is not involving those group of people. So I can't go to Africa and try to change Africans or Australia and help Australians if I don't include them. You know what I mean? So that that's the key is getting people to figure out how to do this themselves with, you know what I mean, anybody else that wants to be involved. I think that's the key. You've been listening to Beaver County artist and media creative, Seth Whitted. 
We want to thank Seth for sitting down with us recently to record his thoughts and reflections about art and being an artist in Beaver County. The Genesis Collective exists to support local artists and their work, as well as increase the public's access to art and creativity in Beaver County. And you can learn more about this mission at the Genesis Collective website at gcollective.org. But here to tell us how the Genesis Collective is living up to its mission is Executive Director Pamela Rossi-Keene. It's good to have you back on the show, Pamela. What's happening with the Collective and what's the latest news? Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me back. There's a lot going on with the Genesis Collective this fall. Our team is in conversation with different artists and civic organizations, and some of those initiatives and projects will be rolled out for you as a member of the public coming up in the next couple of months. This September, what we're really focused on is highlighting the work of Black creatives in our communities. We have an initiative going right now, and it's an invitational. If you are a Black creative in Beaver County and you want to submit your work, you want it to be seen, you want to get your work and your ideas out there, you'd like to try your hand at winning prize money and even getting a short-term teaching job out of your art, this is your moment. So we're running um, this invitational. The theme is being Black in Beaver County. Whatever that means to you, is that a happy experience, sad, is it um, full of laughter, is it um, a source of pride, whatever that uh, experience is for you, that's what we want to know coming through in your art. And you can submit your works and an artist's statement to hello at gcollective.org by September 30th. The works will be judged by artists who are not part of the Genesis Collective and we will show them at the end of October, beginning of November. We're working out the details really based on how many submissions we receive. But we are so excited to have this opportunity and uh, to really highlight creatives in our midst. You know, we did a recording session not too long ago with um, mm-hmm. a number of local Black creatives. And, uh, you know, so we got to hear their thoughts as artists. The experiences are really amazing, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this sort of unfolds and we can bring these two worlds together. Yeah. The one's lived experiences and their artistic experiences to see what we come up with. And I think we're all going to benefit from this art initiative. Those interviews, there's so much insight and just depth of thought and consideration in how they approach their creative work. And I I sure hope that the artists we interviewed are going to submit stuff because what they had to say certainly was intriguing. Yeah, it's really powerful stuff. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it for right now. Again, we have several things in the works. You can watch our social media feed on Instagram or Facebook at G Collective Art or visit our website, which is in development at uh, gcollective.org. And the website's looking great, by the way. Now, before we go... If you remember a while back on episode two of the podcast, we featured Rochester's RX Theater Productions and talked about their long-running holiday radio theater show and the importance of performing arts in Beaver County. So on a future episode of the Genesis Collective Podcast, we're going to carry on this important conversation, I think, and feature the Iron Horse Theater Company and its founder and artistic director, Lunton Kane. But we want to mention right now that They're doing their first live performance in over a year. It's called 1252, The Mike Webster Story. Some of the people in that production are our act members. And the play runs through September 18th 
And uh, of course, for more information, you can go to the ironhorsetheatercompany.com. And that's theater spelled with R-E. Isn't that interesting? Theater. <laughs> theatre. Theater R-E. In my entire arts education, this has plagued me. Which way should it be written? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's an old throwback, isn't it, to the mm-hmm. probably the Elizabethan days? Yeah. All right, Pamela. Thanks so much for sharing the terrific news that's happening there with the Genesis Collective, and we look forward to having you on the podcast on many, many, many more future episodes to share the good news. Thanks, Kevin. I'll be back. On each episode. We feature a different piece of public art in Beaver County, from painting to sculpture, from grand to demure, from serious to silly. Public artworks are significant expressions about who we are and what we care about. They commemorate people, places, and events. They recognize history. And sometimes, public art is simply decorative. For this episode, we feature a welcome sign of sorts at the entrance to Big Rock Park in New Brighton, Pennsylvania. Now, Big Rock is located on First Avenue along the Beaver River. To get there, you have to go under the train tracks using the 8th Street Tunnel. Make a right turn out of the tunnel and look to your immediate right against the railroad retaining wall. There it is, a bold, colorful, animated rendition of the park in the urban stylings of street art. This new mural, painted in August of 2021 by the artist Milkman, replaces a previous version that was weather-worn and tagged with graffiti. It too was urbanesque, with the words Big Rock Park resembling graffiti. You can see photographs of this old mural, along with the new one, in the show notes to this episode. But we encourage you to see the mural in person. It's a fun splash of much-needed color between the muddy brown waters of the Beaver River and the rusty brown steel of the train tracks. And while you're there, check out the bald eagles and the ospreys flying through the river valley. They are a sight to behold in what was once a barren industrial zone, and their presence and the colorful public art mural at Big Rock Park give us hope that our county is reviving and thriving. That does it for this episode of the Genesis Collective Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes featuring local Beaver County artists, more art talk, news and events about the Genesis Collective, and our spotlight on public art throughout the county and in your neighborhood. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Genesis Collective Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website, gcollective.org. I'm Kevin Farkas. See you next time. You are listening to a production of the Genesis Collective. Supporting local artists and their work. Making art more accessible. And putting art back into our communities. What I want you to know above all is that the Genesis Collective is about you. It's about our community. It's about something that is crucial to who you are as a human being. It taps into a power that we don't realize we have. Artists are making things. This is who they are and what they want to do. Please dream with us. Get involved.
anything else you want to talk about or anything? No, I think we uh, I think we, we covered a lot. Around, yeah. yeah, I think I think we definitely covered a lot. Thanks for spending so much time with us. Yeah, man, y'all made me think of some things I never really consciously thought about. You know.